Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Rob Lee, midfielder, Newcastle Hall of Famer and hogger of first names. 380-odd appearances for the Magpies. Also played for Charlton. Derby, West Ham and Wickham. 21 cats for England. Served as a Confederate General during the American Civil. Nope, that's the wrong one. Plus author. And today we're reading his book, Come In, number 37. So let's see what the book club and special guest Johnny Sharples thought of it on today's Football Book Club. It's a bit like How I Met Your Mother. Yes! He said that Duncan Ferguson was trying to find a llama for Nobby Solano. And he was like <laughs> searching around Newcastle for it for like days. See, there you go. Rob Lee invented Secret Santa. Although there was one bit where he said, I tried a cigarette, but I didn't like it. And I was like, that's a good Katy Perry song. Uh, <laughs> The most explosive revelation that comes out of this book is that Stuart Pierce has still kept his hand in, in doing some electrician work for uh, oh, yeah. for Warren Barton. Hello and welcome to Football Book Club, the only book club where instead of literary classics, each episode we read another footballer's autobiography. Less Life of Pi, more Barry Fry. Okay. Mm. It's always better when you react with noise as opposed to just all grimacing. No, I know. I felt, I felt like my reaction there was so visceral that you could probably hear my face crease. Yeah, we did a bit, I think. Let's slow it down. Let's slow it down and see what we hear. Yeah. So uh, you weren't happy with that? I thought it was a good one by Matthew J. Swindle. Uh, no, he's, he's done better. Yeah, again, what was it? What, who, was, who was the author? Were you not listening? Is yeah, it, well, uh, I just forgot it already. Less Life of Pi, more Barry Pie, Fry. Crucially, yeah. it's it's a book ne- book title. Yeah, it's a good then, one. No, it's different. St- don't, uh, don't stand up for him. We're moving on. I'm James Berg, and over the weeks we'll be reading classics such as Les Ferdinand's Sir Les and Alan Shearer's My Story So Far, the complete audio cassettes. But today, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how many there are. I tried to find it on Amazon, but I don't know how long that is. I bet it's long. Uh, but today we're reading Rob Lee's 2001 book, Come In, number 37. And joining me to read it are Jack Bernhardt. Hello. James Balgen. Hello. And welcome to the show, Internet Funny Man and Newcastle United supporter, it's the brilliant Johnny Sharples. Thank you very much. That's <laughs> not the worst intro I've ever think of it. I've been called all, I've been called a journalist, which isn't very nice. Um, and a Man- <laughs> I've been introduced as a Manchester United fan, which is arguably Ooh. worse before now. Um, and as a Manchester United, former Manchester United midfielder, Five Live once billed me as, which put the pressure what? on. Oh, wow. So, wow. There's, there's a guy that was in Manchester United's youth team um, who coincidentally is from the village that I've just moved uh, to um, called John Sharples and the yeah. researcher just did very rudimentary um, 
<laughs> rudimentary research and decided that I'd, he's about 40 something and uh <laughs> did it make you question I, your social media output yeah and i don't oh, think i particularly look my age but i'm not in my 40s to begin with sure. so um <laughs> well it was yeah. that or king of the football zings is what i wrote down before Ooh. do you prefer that king of the football zings just call it journalist Manchester United fan. <laughs> journalist, uh, <laughs> welcome, journalist Man United fan uh, Johnny Sharples, uh, big reader of football books. Johnny, um, not a re- not a big reader of books in in general. So before I read this one, the last the last two books I read were both about the history of um, uh, pop punk, which um, gives you an idea of my literary output. I'd rather read about uh, Green Day than. Uh, Former Watford goalkeeper Chris Day. Um, Oh, very good. Thank you very much. Um, Matthew J. Swindle would have been proud of that one. (laughs) He's sitting at home going, oh, darn. So when I was looking for this, I I think I originally said that I owned this book. Um, Yeah, the first time ever. When I was looking for it, I came across Sol Campbell's autobiography, um, (laughs) which I haven't read, and uh, Shay Given's autobiography, uh, which um, I haven't read. um, But I (laughs) did. I didn't come across uh, coming number 37, so I've had to buy a second copy of it. Um, and so I possibly now own two copies of Robbie's autobiography. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably the only person in the world who can say that. When you bought it, were you, were you a big fan of it in the first place or was it, was it a gift to you or something like that? So I think I only bought it about uh, five years ago, um, probably about the same time I bought Saul Campbell and Shea Given's autobiography. Just uh, just buying, making my own Newcastle five-a-side, former Newcastle five-a-side team out of, <laughs> of autobiographies. I forgot Campbell um, even played for Newcastle, wow. I think oh, yeah. he does most of the time, to be honest <laughs> yeah. with you. Um, yeah. And it's probably best for all of us that we all wipe that from our memories. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I should caveat before we actually get into this book um, that... I love Robert Lee before I read okay. this. Um, uh, he's one of my favourite uh, Newcastle players. Mm-hmm. When I was young, I had a Newcastle shirt with his name and number on the back, possibly because it was paper letter and my parents refused to splash out to Shearer. But that's uh, <laughs> that's by the by. We stuck with Lee and number seven. Um, so, yes, I absolutely adore Robert Lee. I think any Newcastle fan, as he stresses continuously throughout this book, as any Newcastle fan would attest, he is a fan favourite. Mm-hmm. It's usually up to the fans to declare that, not usually up to the, the player. Um, but, uh, yes, uh, I adore Robert Lee. Very, very, very lovely footballer. It's good to know that going into it, because we're going to see how that develops over the episode, I guess, whether you're still, whether he's still fan favourite Robert Lee by the end, or if he's waste of two books, Robert Lee. <laughs> so we'll see, we'll see which, which one it is. Um, also, you sent me a picture of the book absolutely littered with post-its saying you put more work into this than your degree. Uh, so but thanks. I think that says more about how I treated my degree than how I have treated uh, this. And to be honest, I'll probably get more use. I'm already, just by doing this podcast, getting more use out of this book than I have my degree. So there we go. Terrific. What, what, what was your degree? Uh, criminology and sociology. So okay. again, making jokes on Twitter doesn't really contribute to the works of uh, Michel Foucault. So there we go. Okay, let's get into it. Let's see what Johnny and the rest of the book club thought of Rob Lee's Come In, number 37. So, over the show, we're going to go into more depth about the book. We'll have a dramatic reading, a quiz, and Ken Zong is back with another charm. But first, let's see what Amazon's saying. So, the book has four and a half stars. Good. Mm. From three reviews. Mm. Bad. 
Uh, not many, uh, including this four-star review from Mr. J. Morris, very formal. That's <laughs> Jody Morris. Jody Morris. I was wondering yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Uh, entitled uh, the review is entitled four stars, uh, and it reads, uh, "Good." So, Johnny, uh, do you agree with Mr. Jody Morris? Uh, good. Um, no. Okay. <laughs> you call him Mr. J. Morris a liar. I well, I want what, who I really wanted to hear a review from was Mr. R. Hullett. Um, oh, yeah. is the whole point of this book is the fact that it's basically a slam on on mm-hmm. um, yep. there is not a page that goes by where it isn't just like uh, this this person was quite you know this was a bad situation to be in but not as bad as where Rude Hullet was Newcastle manager <laughs> <laughs> all the way through very true. I had a, yeah, I, I received bad service at this restaurant, but not as bad as the service I received from former Newcastle manager Rude Hullet. <laughs> Just yeah, he is. He's obsessed with them. He is obsessed with them. And there's many. As I think we mentioned at some point, there's a lot of things he repeats over and over and over again. But um, that is uh, one thing in in particular in there. Everyone else, what did you think of it? James, Jack, favorite book so far. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> okay. He could have okay. just called it the lowest point of my career was when Rude Hullet didn't give me a squad number for the start of the 99-2000 season because the amount of times that sentence crops up. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, but that, yeah. that is kind of the hypothesis of the book, right? So yeah. the book, the title, coming number 37, is all because he didn't have a... Rude Hullet took away a squad number and then mm-hmm. he got the number 37 uh, when Bobby Robson brought him out of uh, the shadows, basically at Newcastle, right? But you don't find Have that I read out it correctly. The very end. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And it's the one of the few books where, at the very end, they give you the uh, title of the of the book, which is uh, always always a great reveal. But yeah, uh, Jack, uh, similar feelings to James. Yeah, it's just uh, one of the ones that makes you question why you do this, really. <laughs> <laughs> just this is exactly why you do this. Johnny's Rob Lee's biggest fan. Come on, guys. Let's <laughs> bring it up a little bit. You've got to bring I, it up a little bit. I think Johnny's Rob Lee's biggest fan because of the economy of letters, I'm going to be honest. Okay, and, uh, sure. <laughs> a de- default to, fan. Default fan based on the fact that he's, the, I mean, probably the shortest, like, six six letters in the whole name. Mm. Shortest yeah. name book we've ever we've written. Re- we've That's, read. Very, that's very true. That is very true. I, I mean, I feel bad for saying it as well. I think it is... Uh, and Rob Lee seems a lovely guy. It's probably uh, it's just a bit of a dull book, isn't it? Johnny, yeah. is that fair to say? But I think dull? when the biggest like I, I don't know how it is for explosive revelations because uh, as we've established, I haven't read Sol Campbell's book or Shea Gibbons' book. Um, <laughs> but the most explosive revelation that comes out of this book <laughs> is that uh, Stuart Pierce has still kept his hand in, in doing some electrician work for. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's for, true. For, for Warren Barton, I think. And the other, uh, expo- the other explosive revelation is the fact that um, you had to be 16 to work the turnstile at Charlton Athletic, but Robley was only 15. That's it's, it's very it, true. Doesn't he, he say, like, I, I guess I can say this now. <laughs> and you're like, yes, Rob, you can definitely say this now. You're the fine. statute of limitations on turnstile work on a Saturday. There's a the detective there being like, finally, we've got him. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it'd slip up at some point, Rob Lee. Finally moving that red string from one pin to the other, and it's at yeah. the end of usual suspects as yeah. Rob Lee walks away. <laughs> Drops the Charlton Athletic mug to the floor, it shatters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, talking to Stuart Pearce, actually, when you mentioned him, that's one of the things that you say Rude Hullet comes up a lot. The fact that Stuart Pearce likes the Sex Pistols, that might be the thing that is said more than anything else in the book, apart from Alan Shearer's not boring. 
The Alan idea. Alan not Sh- boring. Say what you want about Alan Shearer, but he's not boring. I've, I've got uh, the, the same anecdote seventeen times to tell and, me why he's not also, boring. And also, Alan Shearer could have signed for any club in nineteen ninety six. Any true. club in the world, Alan Shearer could have signed for. But do you know who he signed for? Newcastle. That's true. That is that, true. That, does that be- must come up about fifty times. As a Newcastle fan, Johnny, are we missing something in it? Would you say us non-Newcastle fans? No, because it doesn't really tell you anything. As a, so, I don't know how much you knew, you knew about Robert Lee before you read the book, but there's probably about four four things that I would say he is known for. Okay. Um, the the first being that uh, Rude, he fell out with Rude Hullet. Yep. Uh, which comes up a lot in the book. Um, mm-hmm. The second is that he uh, took essentially took Gaza's place in the France 98 squad, uh, yep. which again comes up in the book. Uh, the other thing is that he al- allegedly joined Newcastle because he thought it was closer to London than Middlesbrough, mm-hmm. which, which comes up yeah. in the book. Yep. And the final thing that people seem to know about Robert Lee is that um, once he was through on goal against Manchester United, running as hard as he can, and I'll be honest, um, when I say he's running as hard as he can, I think it's as slow as you can move without being stationary. Uh, <laughs> and he was taken out completely by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, um, who, who put the challenge in and then just started walking off the pitch before the referee even got to them. Um, so, which doesn't come in the, up in the book, because I yeah. think it might have happened after the book was published. He missed out on a golden anecdote there. Think of how many exclamation marks he would have put in that story. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. When the most interesting thing about him is uh, he didn't get a squad number and he's not very good at geography. Uh, it doesn't yeah. make for the most interesting book. So, and I don't know who the target audience for this book really was. I guess it's you, right? <laughs> Newcastle superfans. Just uh, you. Internet funny men and former <laughs> main United King, Re- King Reserve midfielders. And King of the Football Zings. King of the Football Zings. Johnny Shaw, I I guess, right? It's for anyone who loves Newcastle so much, they don't really mind if there's no plot or stories. Right, I'm not, I'm not saying that you dislike stories, but I mean, general, I mean, something like a, a general Newcastle fan might go in and go, oh, Rob Lee, I liked him, I bought it. But even then, I still would think you'd find it unsatisfying. Yeah, and even the bit about Rude Hullet isn't as... Mm. To, to say it's what the book's essentially building up to, mm-hmm. even the bit about Rude Hullet isn't that interesting. It's just that he didn't give me a number and he said I was too old and then he got sacked. I could read that, that on is, Wikipedia. That's, that, <laughs> that's genuinely, that's pretty, that bit is that, so upsetting because I spend the whole, like, because this book is 240 pages long and the first 220 pages he's going, oh, but let me tell you, I had that with Rude Hurlett. Rude, I'm going to get to that Rude Hurlett story. And then you get there and he's like, you're too old. Go play in the reserves. And he goes, <laughs> okay. And that's it. And it but is just... It's a bit like How I Met Your Mother. Yes. Yes, it is it, a bit like How I Met Your Mother. It all builds up to this big story, that like eight seasons or whatever it was of How I Met Your Mother. And then at the end, it's just like, yeah, she died. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sorry, spoilers for How I Met Your oh, Mother. Yeah, wow. Also, I've never seen it. Also, in, anyway, my, in my head canon, she didn't die. That's, you know, because that was a terrible ending. Okay. Um, um, your book was 240 pages long. Mine's 310 or something like that. Oh, so How sorry. did you have the, um, sorry, did you yeah, have the fully revised and updated for 2001-2002? <laughs> I did, which is one of the least necessary revisions I've ever read in my life. Uh, it's At the end of the book, I'm guessing for you, Jack, is like, we're looking forward to seeing where we go under Bobby Robson, and then the next season, uh, Cole Court gets injured, and the season's a write-off. That's, basic, that's yeah. basically all that we get. 
Yeah. But he did cost seven million pounds, as we're told, about eight times in that one yeah, chapter. That, that's true. Gosh. That's true. That was worth it. Oh, that, I um, feel really bad for you guys. Just to remind Rudolph right at the beginning, something I wanted to pick up was we had a lot of these in the books. However, I think this is the worst example of this yet. One of those, um, if you told me, it's, it's incredible. If someone had told me almost three decades ago, when the very sight of a professional footballer in a sponsored car left me daydreaming of following in his footsteps, that I would become the centre of controversy when Rude Hullet, one of Holland's greatest ever players, felt so little of me that he didn't even give me a squad number for the start of the 99-2000 <laughs> season, then quite frankly, I wouldn't have believed it. Because it's the most specific thing anyone's ever said. <laughs> an insane thing for someone to say to you. It's such a <laughs> such a weird hypothetical. It's yeah. Just... <laughs> so many clauses in it. It just goes on forever. <laughs> so, what, what we're on the subject of like sponsored cars can i just yeah. refer to one of my favorite parts of this book which yeah, is where, he's ta- where, he's, where he's talking about former crystal palace striker mike flanagan <laughs> and he says uh, we would spot mike wherever he was in his black sports car and we knew it was his because it had mike flanagan crystal palace fc written along the side <laughs> it is a bit of a giveaway to be fair rob that that's uh, mike flanagan's car <laughs> Um, Johnny, but they, those are the things. Well, I mean, those are things you did love uh, and didn't love in the book. Is there one particular topic uh, that you want us to hone in on today that particularly tickled your pickle? So, Rob Lee is terrible at forecasting young players' futures. Is what I established <laughs> in this book. So every right. player that's every player that's established. So you've got your Alan Shearers, uh, Gary Speeds, Gazers, whoever he talks about in the mm-hmm. book. Obviously, we know that they had really good careers. Anybody that's not a Newcastle fan and comes across a name of a player that played for Newcastle that they don't recognise, those players had absolutely terrible careers. <laughs> <laughs> so he talks a bit about Paul Robinson, who um, played in place of Alan Shearer in the, the Sunderland match that uh, that Newcastle lost and got Rude Hollett the sack. Um, I didn't he... realise there was a third Paul Robinson. I knew that there were, I know obviously the Spurs goalie. The and the third Paul Robinson. <laughs> and the centre-back who played for like Millwall and stuff, and but I West never Brom, heard yeah. this one. Four, four Paul Robinsons with a cat and the owner of Lassiter's and Neighbours. Um, That's true. But, uh, very good point. Very good point. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> one, one to hear, avoided. No, of but course. Paul Sorry. Robinson. So he played 11 times for Newcastle all in all, despite Rob Lee tipping him for uh, a good future. Um, <laughs> rubbish. Uh, then Carl <laughs> Ser- young, young Carl Serrant, at just 24 years old. Not that young in football <laughs> terms. He's already had eight. He's already had eight operations. Um, he played uh, less than ten times for Newcastle, despite probably uh, tipping him uh, for a, a bright future. Um, there's also uh, George uh, Georgiadis. He's actually called Georgios Georgiadis. Um, mm. Probably anglicises his name as well. He played uh, less than ten times for Newcastle but he seems to have this really weird obsession with Diego Gavilan who used to play for (laughs) used to play for Newcastle he brings him up for no particular reason at one point just to say we've signed him um, and he doesn't speak any English so Nobby (laughs) Solano who is from he's not from Paraguay He's nope. from Peru, and I appreciate mm-hmm. they speak the same language, but they're not the same country, Robert. Um, so, uh, but he just bring, brings him up for, for no real reason. And then, right at the end of the book, he goes on this um, lovely little little speech about about Diego Gavilan, which I'll just try and find for you. I'm glad you're bringing this up, by the way, Johnny, because it's a real pet peeve of mine. We had this in a lot of books. They've kind of tipped someone as a star for the future, and I'll get to some of them in a bit. But yeah, they've been. Um, this, I'm glad someone's taken them to task on these, this soothsaying. So what 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 Robert says, what what, what Rob says is Bobby is Bobby Bobby uh, 
Bobby Robson for the mm-hmm. uninitiated. Bobby has also invested money in the future of the club by signing young players with bags of potential, such as Paraguayan international Diego Gavilan. Bobby has watched him numerous times and kept tracking the player, even when it looked unlikely he would be able to find the cash to secure his signature. I haven't seen too much of him, so it's difficult to judge him, but I trust the manager's judgment. Diego's over here with his mum and dad, which is good for him. I don't think you're going to see the best of him for at least a year or so. He made seven appearances for Newcastle and then got sold. So, um... <laughs> I, like, just... uh, I like how he said he's, he's over with his mum and dad. Like, he's sort of in the audience of Saturday Night Takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, um, Nobby Solano, who acts as an interpreter for the entire family. So, yeah, um... of course, of course. But just the, ki- the kiss of death continues because he... There's a bit where he talks about John Dahl Thomason, who who was at Newcastle mm. in the late 90s. And he basically yeah. says, John Dahl Thomason, in not so many words, I'm going to paraphrase Rob here because I can't be bothered to find the section, um, was a bit of a flop at Newcastle. He's a bit lightweight. He's gone back to, he's gone back to uh, Netherlands now. And I wish him all the best for his career. He went on to become Denmark's record goal scorer yeah. and, won, and won the Champions League while at AC <laughs> Milan. So... Um, Rob Lee, he does say that he yeah, wants we, a future in coaching, which we know he yeah. never had. So I think it's... it's <laughs> yeah, I don't think he'd make a good scout, would he? Wouldn't make yeah. a good scout, for sure. Very, very poor scout. That doesn't stop him just dedicating an entire chapter to who would be in his favourite 11, just like two thirds of the way through the book, which nobody asked for. Which includes, um, I thought it was quite brave putting in Kieran Dyer, who he's played about twice with at this point in the book. Uh, and because he's going to go on to be a newscastle great. And poor Kieran Dyer is very unlucky. With injuries, sorry, are you I talking guess. about old Pinhead? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Pinhead. Pinhead, apologies. Pinhead. That's what he calls him. And, and why is he called Pinhead? Pinhead? Because he just has a small head. That's what he, <laughs> yeah. he says. He says, we called him Pinhead because uh, he had a very small head. You're like, oh, cool, thanks. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't Rob. explain why John Barnes is called Digger. He just goes, you know, like yeah. the TV programme. No, I don't know. <laughs> what TV programme? Yeah. Well, Pinhead's uh, traditionally have very small heads, you see. Um, <laughs> I went on Gavilan's um, Wikipedia page, actually, and it says uh, he, only, he never really played anywhere. It wasn't just Newcastle. He played a handful of games for about 10 teams, most being 57 for the Brazilian team Internacional. Uh, but it also says on Wikipedia he went to Udinese, where he didn't feature once, but apparently scored 15 goals. <laughs> Wikipedia, so. Look at the edit history for that, and it's uh, edited yeah. by Mr. Uh, Lee 37 so. yeah, exactly. I knew he was good. I knew yeah. he was good. Um, but yeah, I mentioned that people predict things. I remember that Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank... Do you remember this? Who read um, yeah. Hasselbank's book? Jack read it, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, do you remember Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank predicted Tony McMahon would go on to be the, like, the best player in the world or something? For, for Middlesbrough, yeah. He was for like, the one player I want to talk about is Tony yeah, McMahon. Said, we've got... So forget- Stuart Downing, yeah, Tony Downing. Yeah, <laughs> go Tony. And Neil Ruddock um, said a line which I didn't bring up in the episode because I was worried about mentioning it. But um, Neil Ruddock said, uh, "Michael Carrick is exciting the pants off the youth coaches." Although, <laughs> I really hope he's not. Well, very unfortunate. <laughs> very unfortunate phrasing. But yeah, shout out to Diego Gavilan. Jack, what what got in your? <laughs> what to what, say? What's got in uh, your? What did you enjoy the, the budget? pants off you? You're excited. <laughs> Very good. Very well, good. Well, certain Michael Carrick. No, um, <laughs> I. I think so. I think this book is very dull and boring. Obviously, um, as we've said. But I Jack, think probably. I told you, Johnny. Be, sorry, be nice. sorry. Around sorry. Johnny. And your your hero's book is boring. Sorry, I meant. To, <laughs> that's what I meant to say. Um, but you know, there are some interesting bits that could have been good in 
there if they'd been uh-huh. told right. You know, like his time at Charlton, like the the team nearly gets like swallowed up into the ground. It seems like mm-hmm. they nearly get relegated several times. They have several exciting like relegation matches, but they're just sort of blown through very quickly. And it feels like Rob's quite bad at finding the thing that's interesting about any anecdote. Mm-hmm. And I think that's sort of most true when you look at Kevin Keegan. Because he keeps talking about how great Kevin Keegan is. And he's got so many anecdotes about Kevin Keegan. Like, Kevin Keegan was this guy who's just so charismatic. He just, he convinced me to sign for Newcastle there and then. So you're like, okay, this will be pretty good. I wonder what stories we've got. And the basically the stories you've got, I would say, are um, one time when I first met Kevin Keegan and I was there with my wife, uh, she wore a red dress. And Kevin Keegan was like, oh, Sunderland. And my wife was like, "No, <laughs> yeah." And that's, that's it. Good. That, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that is like that is like the starting anecdote. And later on, you know, we're off. You know, we're get, it's getting good when that's the first one. When that's the yeah, first you're one. like, okay, that's, that's warming <laughs> us up. <laughs> we're straight in now. Yeah. Uh, there's another one where he uh, he went to go see like various houses with Kevin Keegan, as uh-huh. if Kevin Keegan is a estate agent. Uh, like sitting in the front seat, like eating wine gums and going, oh, that's a no, nice house. Not that's wine nice gums. House. Not wine gums. Midget gems. Midget gems. Like wine wine gums. Midget gems. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. he emphasizes they're like wine gums. <laughs> oh, does he say that? <laughs> does, yeah. does he? I don't think that's, he explains what a midget gem is. Yeah, kind of like but wine gums, like, but a bit smaller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know a pin? Imagine a pin. <laughs> <laughs> We call them pin gums in the in the changing room. <laughs> we call them Kieran Dyer gums. <laughs> um, but it just there's, I think Kevin Keegan is such a charismatic man. You know, he's the guy who signed the Honey Monster for uh, for Newcastle. That's like, true. He is he is the guy, and his stories are basically like I think there's, there's one there's another one at the start that was um, Rob Lee says I'm not sure I want to come to Newcastle, and Kevin Keegan just says just come up and speak to me and see the ground, and that's it. <laughs> it's just sort of <laughs> All right. that's enough for he's, Rob Lee. He's like yeah okay, he's, he's that charismatic. He just sign ways. Also, I'm um, talking about Kevin Keegan. Every book when we men- when they mention Kevin Keegan. Uh, they talk about how good he is at head tennis. <gasps> like it's, uh, he's like a, he's the king of head tennis. Darren Huckabee said some line, something like in our first ever book, it was saying like, you could tell by the way he played head tennis that he was former European footballer of the year, <laughs> 1978 <laughs> or something like that. I'm really specific. But Johnny, did yeah. you know this? He, um, he played head tennis with um, Tony Blair, which is a very famous um, incident Ooh. in, in the, in the run up to the 97 general election i think and i didn't know that if you watch the footage it's all so they do it for quite a while and it, it, tony blair actually looked quite accomplished at it but when you really drill down into it it's kevin keegan doing all the legwork and it's just basically bouncing off of blair's <laughs> head and then kevin keegan kevin my mate kev uh, kevin <laughs> keegan has to like basically adjust his body completely to get it back to exactly where tony blair is and then it just pops back off tony blair's head <laughs> like a 50p any direction and then kevin keegan really works it so yeah um i didn't know that there was like him and terry mcdermott were like doubles champions which mm. is, is mentioned in until he, they come up against but, robert lee and, and john beresford um, of course but, you can't yeah. beat those two you're never going to beat those bez. Uh, yeah, bez. Bez. yeah bez. <laughs> genuinely that came a few times where it would say bez and i'd be like from from the happy moments <laughs> yeah I, I, it was, it was confusing really excited did um did who wait so this tony blair one let's go back to that kevin keegan was it kevin keegan versus tony blair or were they on the same team against would, i don't know rob lee and john beresford <laughs> 
<laughs> Robley and Alistair Campbell. Um, <laughs> that makes more sense, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, uh, they were, um, I think it was just like a photo op. Um, okay. when he was up James, in the there's no way cause... it's going to be a competitive game. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Tony Blair's going to throw down and be like... Like when Cameron went on Match the Day 2 or something to prove he was normal. <laughs> like, he... <laughs> that was Tony <laughs> Blair as well. He picked Aaron Dizieu as his, one of his favourite um, footballers, who is, of course, a policeman, which makes... A lot of sense. Um, wait, there's so many, wait, there's so many facts in a row there. Wait, so sorry. Tony, Tony Blair went on match today and pitched Andrew Zizou as his favourite player and now Arjen Zizou is now a policeman. A policeman? Yeah. Wow. Ah. Oh, I wow. Thought, sorry, I thought this was common knowledge. <laughs> um, sorry, yeah. <laughs> I like to think we know these few things, but apparently not, no. These these are the sort of anecdotes that Robley should have really put in his book. That's, um, that's true. It, instead of the time that uh, that John Beresford said, uh, "Let's go. We, we're going to go out to, into town before training. It'll be fine." And Robley said, "Okay." And then they did. And then Robley said, "Oh no, we got to get back home before the before the big meeting starts." And then they did. <laughs> End of anecdote. That was that was the best story of the book. Actually, I've actually, I've actually got this week's dramatic reading. Talking of these, Jack, um, it involves Kevin Keegan. Doesn't involve Rob Lee, as most of the best anecdotes in the book uh, uh, seem to be. It seems to be that way. Uh, Johnny, as our guest, could you say the words "cue dramatic music," please? Cue dramatic music. Ooh. Oh, oh, oh! Oh, that was good. That was good. Very, very, very good. Uh, here we go. Uh, this story is called Steve Howie interior designer so uh it, it it's, it's, it's as you might guess it's about steve howie uh he's a great bloke steve but i'm sure he'll be the first to admit that he's not the brightest the best example of this was when he made a total prat of himself in front of the manager when kk it's kevin keegan i assume uh not kim kardashian uh was in charge because kevin was such a great manager he wasn't only there for the players if there was a footballing problem he was everything from an agony aunt to an information service that, what that seems like what he's like EQA. <laughs> he yeah, yeah. Kevin Keegan. <laughs> Why yeah. is the sky blue? And Kevin Keegan's like, oh, for God's sake. Okay. Uh. It is. Yeah. And it makes me think he's like um, uh, when you go to like a train station, you get lost, or you want to ask a question. Like that. It's just got a big eye above his name there. Uh, one day, Steve went to see him about something. I'm sorry to bother you, Gaffer, but I've got a bit of a problem in my house. These people have come round to fit a carpet, but they've put the wrong colour down. I was wondering if you could have a word with them. Big drama. Okay, Kevin said, give me the details and I'll give them a call. Uh, actually, says, give me the details and I'll give them a call. But don't worry, that's fine. So, I'll shake them a call. I'll shake them a call. For half an hour later, he's back in touch with Steve. I've called them now, Steve, but I'm a bit confused. What carpet did you order? Wedgwood, said Steve. So what have they put down then? Blue. That's right, said Kevin. You ordered Wedgwood blue. No, no, insisted Steve. Wedgwood. Wood's brown, isn't it? I wanted a brown carpet. God. <laughs> Steve. You ordered Wedgwood Blue, and that's what you've got. I'm not sure I can help you on this one. <laughs> oh, Kevin. Uh, anyway, in the end, Kevin ran the carpet company again, and I think you managed to persuade them to fit a brown carpet at half price. I think the moral there is, if you ever come across a carpet company called Howie and Son, steer well clear. Another hypothetical that would never happen. <laughs> yeah. Very, He's very... specifically proven that Steve Howie would be terrible at that. That's why it says on Steve Howie's car, much like Mike Flanagan. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> Steve Howie, interior decorator and defender. Um, yeah, that's about, that was the most dramatic reading I could find in the book. Is Can that, I... What, wow. is, so who wants... I have so many questions. Yeah. Who wants a brown carpet? Mm-hmm. Dull. That's my, that's my big first question. I have a brown carpet in my childhood bedroom. Uh, really? Bedroom? Okay. Hmm. Oh. He really wants a blue carpet, blue. but... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, he shouldn't have hired Steve Howe's company to put him in, James. But also, <laughs> why? Wh- what does the carpet? Co- what would the like? What would the carpet company think if it was like they get a phone call and it's like, "Hi, it's Kevin Keegan here, Newcastle manager. <laughs> Can I just check what's a Wedgwood blue?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's quite as um, bad as my Yoshida and the um, the curtain incident, which we had with him. But yeah, it's up there for dull anecdotes. I think it's, 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 it's also good. that it's someone else's dull anecdote. Yeah, this it, happens a lot. There's does. another bit in this book where he's like, uh, you, you got to remember all players have, an, have off days. One time, Johan Cruyff told his friend, don't pass the ball to me. I'm not very good today. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, yeah. yeah. You provided nothing there. Yeah. Oh, poor Rob. I feel like we're being mean about him, but look, let's no. go on a little, let's go on a little break. See how we feel after the break. We'll have a few minutes off to, to, to calm down on this. And then uh, when we're back, we'll have more Rob Lee action, including some Kenny Dalgleish. And we talk about Rob Lee's thighs. Hi, we're football book club podcast. And we need your support now. Let's let's drop the appeal music. Hi everyone, James here, and I just want to tell you about the brand new Football Book Club Club, which you can join to receive bonus weekly episodes, access to exclusive member events, and your very own Football Book Club book book bookmark, all for the same price as a used copy of Darren Huckabee's 2007 book Hucks. So if you enjoy the podcast and need to hear more afterwards, head to patreon.com forward slash football book club. Enjoy the episode. Hello, I'm Grongy Maguire, and this is Chantelle Fiducci and Pate. Hello. We bonded over our love of reminiscing about weird celebrity couples. The ones no one would believe happened if Google wasn't there to back it up. We want you to join us as we remember when love was young, times were simpler, and we really thought that Angelina and Billy Bob Thornton were going to make it. Every week we're joined by a celebrity guest to discuss the showbiz romance they never got over. I'm oh. loving the premise of this podcast. I think this is what we all need to be talking about at the moment. Nobody can beat the Beckhams in terms of unions. No one in the world. Everything about the Beckhams is insane. This is the most fun we've ever had. <laughs> I feel like I'm literally 12 again. My mum calling me in for dinner and I'm being like, no! So... Take our hand and stroll down memory lane with us as we remember the, the way, way they were. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to Football Book Club, where we are still reading Rob Lee's Come In Number 37 with Johnny Sharples. Still enjoying it? Still enjoying it, Johnny? Still a big fan of Rob Lee? We were going to keep the, um, we were going to keep gauging that as we went through. Uh, I'm probably more of a fan of him than Rude Hullet is, but that's the... <laughs> okay. I, I noticed that um, also during the break, Johnny was alarmed because he saw that Jack and James have got slightly different copies of the book to, to he and I. What, is, what, what are your copies, Jack and James? Uh, I think we've got the first edition uh, and uh, the front cover. Can I say, the bad book, the front cover we've got, he's looking sultry and mm. he's like yeah, rain good. pouring down. And, yeah. it's, and the title is Come in 37, number 37. It sounds mysterious. Like he could be like um, in the prisoner. It's quite, yes, what, that's what I was thinking. It's yeah. a very like interesting vibe. And then you open it. But, you know, <laughs> before that point, it's very yeah. good. I think it might be the, the most impressive book. Best cover. Best cover. Best cover. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I was going to say, Johnny, I think the only way to describe his face on our one is gawky. <laughs> it's kind of a gawky face he's pulling in our one. That's the thing. In the picture section, in some of the pictures, he looks really handsome and sultry. And in some of them, he looks hmm. like a cartoon character. It's weird. Really <laughs> he weird. is quite a handsome guy. He's a bit of a silver fox, isn't he? Rubbly nowadays. He's a man that I can't imagine ever being a child. <laughs> mm, that's very true <laughs> so it, it, to me he's had the same face mm. from like 1993 onwards obviously mm-hmm. he's just gone silver like you said but i can't imagine that face on a like toddler has he got has, has he got pictures <laughs> of him as a toddler uh, even as a kid yeah i know what you mean there we go he that sort of a, looks like even as um, a baby right there in that picture He's still. Yeah. Uh, it's, you can still see it's very much Rob Lee. I mean, I guess that's how faces work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Very true. I, guess, I guess that's how faces work. Uh, and does anyone have an out of context, Rob Lee? Yes. Right. Jack, prove me right. Okay, so so James Bowden and I think we've got the same one. I'd be surprised if at least two of us don't have the same one. I struggled to find any in this one, but um, Johnny, would you like to kick off? Some days he would arrive at the valley with shotguns under his arms and help the club out by shooting down pigeons from under the roof of the stand. <laughs> yes. That was I'm very sad we can't go into more context about that. But yeah, that is an insane, an insane That's segment fantastic. From, from his chart on days. That's all the context I'll give. Uh, James, Jack, who wants to go first out of you? Go on, Jack. <laughs> One example of this was when he told his members of staff that pubic hair was unhygienic. One coach, who will remain nameless, immediately went and cut off all his pubic hair. <laughs> That's a good point. I it's not the same bit. one. 
Is it Whoa. not? No. Okay. There was one really early Amazing. on, which to me was just super obvious as a out of context. Let's hear it. <laughs> Sorry, that's my cat's food bowl opening. <laughs> <laughs> out of context, cat. Out of context, cat. <laughs> oh boy, uh, James. Okay, see if you can was, follow the cat. Uh, it's gonna be difficult. <laughs> Chrissy Waddle was a former sausage maker. <laughs> That is, that is uh, great. <laughs> yes, yeah, that apparently is so. fascinating. Well, there we go. I, I, my my one wasn't great. Our Greek international George Georgiadis found out one day when he put his hand in a freshly dumped crap while doing sit-ups. <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's all I could find in there. All I could find. Hey, anyway, that was the, out of context, the, 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 the pubic hair. The pubic oh, hair. That was very funny. That was, that was on my list of, of out of context uh, other options. Oh, give us some other options. Any other highlights? Uh, I, I sort of want to offer more context to this one, <laughs> but I can't. Pistoni got a sheep's heart from the butchers, and our German international, Didi Hammond, got a copy of Hitler's Mein Kampf. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very glad we're not giving more context to that. Because I love that, that was, one so much. Yeah, that well, was a, we very... are when we get to what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Well, I guess it's okay if Johnny doesn't give context, but you can give context, James. That's yeah. allowed. In, We've in, given context in before. It's yeah, we have. Fine. We can do it. There's no real rules in there this There was show. another one that came close, I thought, which I had, which was... Uh, oh, there's loads of them. I couldn't find one, and you've <laughs> found tens of them. This one's yeah. just ridiculous. I think all footballers have got an obsession with water. What? That was one of mine as well. What's he I love talking that one. about? He's thinking about ducks again. He's about ducks, about yeah. Ducks. Yeah. <laughs> ducks have a session before. Um, Do you know uh, footballers don't drink water, they'll die. Yeah. <laughs> Not like houseplants in that respect. <laughs> yeah, it's true. The amount of times I've left like to go on holiday and come back and all my footballers are dead. <laughs> I yeah. feel so upset. Oh, you forgot to water all Yantas, are you? <laughs> Thanks a lot. Um, I just, I've got a quick topic I was going to bring up uh, with you, Johnny. Going back to the very start, we didn't really talk much about Charlton, where he was voted third in a vote for Charlton's greatest ever player. So, you know, he must have had a, a pretty good career there. It was a little bit before my time, uh, but doesn't mean it didn't happen. Why <laughs> 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 I said like that. Um, Johnny, I've got two questions to ask you, which come up a lot at the, for the first time in this segment. And yeah, there are two things that Rob Lee seems to suggest should be common Rob Lee knowledge. And you've already named four things that you knew about him. I wanted to see if you knew these two things. Um, number one, did you know that Rob has very famous thighs? No. <laughs> cool. In the pantheon of famous football thighs, I think Roberto Carlos is the most famous, mm-hmm. but Rob Lee, uh, no. Maybe he's got no. himself confused, Rob and Roberto. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Roberto can't leave. So yeah, uh, yeah. No, that could be it. That could be it. But he, he's very, he even mentioned that in the picture section as well. There's a picture of him as a baby and it says, working on those famous thighs or something. something <laughs> like so that. weird. It's really strange. Um, <laughs> Back when I was a baby, I was basically all thigh. <laughs> I never skipped leg day, even as a baby. <laughs> God, no, you're right. It's, yeah, age six months for those footballers' thighs developing nicely. Yeah, and he, mentions, and he mentions them in the Charlton section as well. I can't remember. He, obviously, someone, while he's writing the book, has told him he's got very nice thighs. And yeah. he's like, oh, well, that's, 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 that's my personality. That's, that's my Great. Thing. <laughs> uh, and the second thing I want to ask you, Johnny, you mentioned it before, um, but did you know beforehand that people think Rob Lee is a turnstile or was a turnstile operator? No, and when I read that, I might have done what you immediately did as well and Googled any instances of Rob Lee Turnstile. Because uh, <laughs> he says, oh, it's one of the things people always say about me. It's one yeah. of the things people always write about me. So I Googled it and there was about like, two hits. And yeah. most of them were about his <laughs> granddad being a turnstile operator, yes. not Rob Lee being a turnstile operator. It's 
That's exactly. I didn't know. He, he So basically, he goes, as a 15-year-old, dad took me along to the valley with my friend Peter Coyne and got us jobs working on the turnstiles. This job gave rise to one of those stories, which is so often brought up about me, namely that I'm a former turnstile operator done good. <laughs> done good. <laughs> of course. Like a, lot of those, yeah, a lot of those turnstile operators, usually, they go into and they turn, they turn to harder things after. It's a slippery yeah. slope. <laughs> yeah, it's a really slippery slope. Um, everyone seems to think I did the job for years, when in fact it was only on three occasions, but it still stuck with me. Uh, and then he says something like, in the match programs, all you see is former turnstile operator Rob Lee, which could not really be further from the truth. Well, it, it's not could even be. true. It could be because he did do it three times. So he literally was a former <laughs> for, former turnstile operator. He then goes on to say the three times he did it. So he was a former turnstile operator. It wasn't... It's, there is truth many there. Things that are There's definitely truth. truth. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, if it's they said the former child arsonist, then he'd be like, that couldn't be further from the truth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you were a turnstile operator at least three times, Rob. Or and like, you did start several fires. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I only started the three fires, so I wasn't. <laughs> Can be further from the truth that I was a child arsonist. Yeah. Well, there we go. So that's cleared I, that up. I I think I'm obsessed with this because I think the book really, like the publishers, really wanted to push that because it's in the front cover or like the um the front, you know, the bit in the bit of the book where it says like uh, table of contents. Bit. No, not the table oh, of contents. Oh, like the blurb the, the in, at the beginning. Inside, inside sleeve. Okay. Yeah. For a man who used to operate the turnstiles at Charlton, Lee has come a long way from his roots in the East End of London. And I think they must have been like, it'll be great. It'll be the story of a former turnstile operator who became a footballer. Uh, yeah. And Rob Lee was like, no, we're not doing that because <laughs> because I don't agree with it. So they kept the chapter in, but instead of calling it like something else, they call it turnstile operator with, with a question mark. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like. oh, there's some mystery there, isn't there? <laughs> Was he a turnstile operator? Wasn't he a turnstile operator? This is a case for Iron Dizu. Iron Dizu staring at that chalkboard again <laughs> with a, uh, yeah. Probably was it. Sounds like a Primus song. What's that Primus song? Jerry was a race car driver. Sounds like a, <laughs> probably was a test sounds like a piece of I was thinking of Sade Smooth Operator. That's what I was coming into my head every time, but never mind. Never mind. Well, I was just, just, just thinking of the band Turnstile. Um, so. Oh, yeah. We're all thinking of music. I'm not. Okay. Sure. Although there was one bit where he said, um, uh, I tried a cigarette, but I didn't like it. And I was like, that's a good Katy Perry song. Uh, <laughs> Nice. That's weird, that bit, because he's talking about being a kid and how he did. He, he's like, "Oh, I tried a cigarette, I didn't like it. I tried something else. Was it you drank uh, um, a bit? Oh, I drank like a beer, and I, I didn't like it. Um, but I've grown to like it since. It's like, yeah, that's just how life works. You're now an adult. <laughs> like, you're not going to like it when you're a kid. I like, didn't like blue cheese to start with, but now I like blue cheese. <laughs> Other things also, I like include seafood food. <laughs> he also tried being a, a Liverpool supporter, um, and then decided he was a West Ham supporter. Just so very suddenly in this book as well. Yes. So. Well, it's it's he, there's there's some bit where he says like um yeah just because it was my dad's team I didn't really care for them that much and then when he's leaving Charleston I think he's with West Ham and he goes well obviously I was attracted to it because they were my boyhood club it's like no they weren't you just said they weren't your boyhood club you didn't care for them yeah it's it's all over that the happens shop. a lot in this book there's a lot of bits where you're like you just said that five but there's a bit at the start where they're like um we don't train that hard training we we like to play in matches we don't train that hard it's fine and then later on they're like players would come and they would come to training and be like you guys have never trained harder this is the most <laughs> terrifying place for trainers and it's like which one is it rob yeah <laughs> and did you know that um Stuart pierce likes the sex pistols <laughs> Yeah. Did you know that Alan Sugar and I'm uh, not Alan Sugar. Alan Sugar. Wow, yeah, yeah. Alan, Sh- Alan Sugar could have had his pick of any club in the world, but he chose Newcastle United. There we go. 
So I'm going to give a bit of context to the previously mentioned out of context, which is um, it was during the Kenny uh, Kenny Daglish era. Kenny came in and took over from uh, Kevin Keegan, mm-hmm. and uh, he made some changes. And he decided that the the training pitches should be um, a bit more private. So by all accounts, they just trained on like a park field. <laughs> and it was like covered in rubbish and dog shit. Yep. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Kenny year was a strange one. It didn't last too long, but um, basically the, they'd sold Les Ferdinand. So you'll mm-hmm. remember that well, do you, James? Do you remember that well? I remember I am going to Spurs when we signed him and Janilla about maybe yeah. the same, maybe exactly the same about time. The same, same time, summer yeah. for sure, yeah. And then they lost, um, they lost Shearer as well to injury for like most of the season. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so they were stuck with, uh, was it Espria and John Dahl Thomason? And Espria couldn't speak English and he had an interpreter, which was quite funny. Uh, he said that his interpreter, uh, <laughs> <laughs> his interpreter would go on nights out with him and when he was trying to chat up girls, the interpreter would be doing it for him. Like, so fucking That's, weird. It's yeah. so weird. I'm, I'm assuming that when Espria was successful, he, he, he like that's where it ended. He didn't like <laughs> go back with them. Um, Interpreting dirty talk. Yeah. yeah. So weird. It's like that Friends episode where... Oh, where yeah, she inter- goes on a date with... um. There's, Phoebe goes on a date with someone. Oh, that's And the interpreter yeah. has come along and then Monica starts flirting with the interpreter. I'm okay. so sorry. Okay, yeah. Get back to get back to Kenny Dalgleish and the shit on the pictures, James. <laughs> and he's not talking about John Dahl Thomason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is, was that part of the Kenny year? I think it was. Um, they had a, a Christmas night out and did a I, Secret Santa at one point. Is that the same era? Or uh, maybe. Might be Rude Huller. Because uh, when did they sign Duncan Ferguson? I yeah. once met Duncan Ferguson and absolutely panicked. And I wanted to tell him <laughs> that he, um, <laughs> he scored a great goal for Newcastle against Manchester United. And I accidentally just said, Oh, I really liked your goals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what did he, he say to that? Thank just looked at me and sort of that nodded. <laughs> that, that must be terrifying. That must be absolutely terrifying. Um, Sorry, give me two seconds. Someone's just knocking on my door. I'm just going to go and answer it. <laughs> it's, it's very <laughs> erratic. Like three times. Sorry, stay with me two seconds. I'm the zoo. There's been a murder. <laughs> <laughs> James, all sorted? Your door? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some some man knocking on my door <laughs> constantly. Um, okay, so there was a point where there there was um, they did a secret center over Christmas. I think they were at a restaurant somewhere, and we alluded to it in the in the out of context earlier. <laughs> yeah, where someone bought um, Stuart Pearce's Zimmer frame. Ha ha! Original, you know, just like just boring footballer. They bought Mein Kampf for Didi Hamann, the German brilliant. Like, just yeah. Gloss over that one. Gloss over that one. And <laughs> he said that D- Duncan Ferguson was trying to find a llama for Nobby Solano. And he was, <laughs> yeah. like, l- searching around Newcastle for it for, like, days to try and find. And he says, oh, that would have... Oh, I'm glad he didn't find one because that would have been a really weird thing, uh, bringing a llama into a restaurant. I was like, yeah, but you, a minute ago, you just said that there was a sheep's heart given to... Who was it? Diego Gavala. Yeah. Was Diego Gavala? Alessandro Pistioni. Pistioni, that was oh, Pistioni. Yeah, like, yeah, that's that a normal thing to bring into a restaurant. Like, Jesus Christ. Could eat that. I think that would have you spiced the book that. up if a llama just turned up halfway through the book. That would have made, that would have made the book miles more interesting. If- I like imagining Duncan Ferguson just wandering around the streets <laughs> yeah, of Newcastle trying to, trying to find a llama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also feel what like if Duncan Ferguson says he wants a llama... Yeah. You get Duncan Ferguson alarm. <laughs> I know he's trying to find alarm. He there's, hasn't smiled since. Since that was that dream was gone. There's definitely llamas in Tyneside. 
100% there must be a llama farm. <laughs> Doug Ferguson, I, I, I have no proof of this, but I'm sure there must be. They're all over the shop nowadays. There's, yeah, he's well, definitely, definitely like have Teesside. I've seen him in Teesside, oh, and that's not go. too far away. What, need to travel what I do home. like about that anecdote as well is he doesn't offer any context to why Alessandro Pistoni got a, uh, got a <laughs> no, that's car. And he doesn't say who yes. gave him it. Mm. Just... But, uh, it's, it's I, can re- I can reveal if you want why he got the, why he got the half. Oh, an exclusive football book club so exclusive. So the the rumor the rumor is that they gave him um, a sheep's heart because he didn't have any heart of his own. Oh, uh, he was quite oh, a gutless, God. quite a gutless performer. Wow, that's yeah, yeah. cruel. <laughs> a mean thing that's to get. Horrible. So is it as cruel as giving a German a copy of Mein Kampf? Well, yeah. at least that's at least that's sort of like generic mean. Yeah. yeah, that's like oh, this you're one German. Cuts to the you're, core. you're like yeah. unoriginal. This one's like, Hi, we've looked into your soul and we've decided you don't have one. Um, <laughs> we footballers have decided you don't have one. Oh, I man. really like the way that the start of this anecdote. He said, um, "Someone came up with this revolutionary idea. Instead of going out for fancy dress, we would all buy gifts for each other, <laughs> but we wouldn't know who those gifts were from." Yeah, but, that's yeah, right. He doesn't want to say Secret Santa, does he? He, he just says yeah. Secret Santa. Explains he, he says it like a new of, thing. Yeah. See, there you go. Rob Lee invented Secret Santa. So <laughs> that, it's a bit like when Alessandra Burke thought she'd invented the word. Was it elephant? Elephant in the room. In the room. <laughs> elephant yeah. in the room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm in awe of these people. In her right. book, she's got a chapter called Elephant in the Room? Question mark. And that kind of brings us to the... Oh, actually, James, one thing I did want to ask you. What did you think of um, uh, Rob Lee's stick stag beetle prank? I know you hate football pranks, so I was interested to see what you thought of this one, because I, I thought it was quite it. an event. I remember the pranks bit. I can't remember oh, yeah, that. No, Rob Lee, we, like, we, wakes up one morning... stag beetle in his like room. A, yeah, there's like a giant stag beetle on his pillow, <laughs> which is weird in the first day. And then him and maybe Warren Barton, Wazza, whatever he's called in this, decide to put a, um, a toothbrush... In yeah. his, in his. Oh, no, it's it's, it's, for, it's on England duty. It's they yeah. do it to gather. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they 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 put like, but they put a toothbrush in the pincers of the beetle and then put it in Gaz's room and he just sees it and flips and goes, out. Oh, it's really it looks as though it's brushing my teeth. <laughs> that's quite a funny image in fact of this. And it, then um, Gaz is like yeah. brilliant, right? And he just takes the then he just he just takes the sack beetle and goes on and does better pranks with it for the rest of the night. <laughs> Basically, is what happens. They go, right, the this, we- this is too much for you, Rob, to deal with. I'm going to go take this and have some real fun. We didn't any of those pranks. Was why was John Beresford up at 6.30am throwing stones at windows? That was the weird episode yes. for me. I was like, why is he getting up so early? Fair enough, he just does that in the evening when they're asleep and he's still had a few drinks and he's up still. It was six. He's like, he set his uh, alarm and got, he's like, I'm getting up at 6.30 to throw some stones at the windows. You weren't here, James, for um, the Neil Ruddock one where um, oh my uh, God. Steve Sedgley set a 2am wake up call. <laughs> Go outside, scream outside Neil Ruddock's door. Neil Ruddock would open his door uh, and note, see Steve Sedgley with two wine gums up his nose. Uh, and then as Neil Ruddock proceeded to take the... Yeah, sorry, Ninja Gems, they're a bit like them. Uh, as, as Neil Ruddock would then proceed to take out the wine gums, Steve Sedgley would eat the wine gums and then go back into his bedroom as though nothing happened. So that's <laughs> if, you, if you want to know, very strange, very strange. That, I think that was At least a there's a degree of originality to that, though. Very much. It, I, think the stag beetle, I think the stag beetle brushed it's his teeth. Quite, is a, yeah. it's, it's pretty original. We, did, we haven't discussed the biggest prank of all, which was inspired by Noel's house party. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> oh the gotcha. God. Yeah. Which, which Alan Shearer, Rob Lee, John Beresford, and a couple of the other lads were round at Rob Lee's house watching Noel's house party. Which was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know the 90s were a different time. Mm. but uh, He loved Mr. Blobby. 
Who didn't? And Sammy the Shammy, played by uh, Neil uh, Morrissey. Uh, but um, yeah, there's a, deeper, it, there's it, a deeper cut than I can remember in that show. I'm but... Sorry, big fan, okay. a lot of gunge. Um, yeah. But yeah, they just they fooled Alan Sheeran into thinking that two two women at a nearby table were very annoying, which. <laughs> It's, gotcha. it's the way that it's the way that Alan Shearer is like. I would never fall for something like this. Absolutely never. And so they're like, "All right, we'll do it." And they do this terrible prank, really irritating prank that requires quite a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to just get these people to constantly come up and just be annoying at him. Yeah. Ah. Oh. And then at the end goes, and to the point where he almost throws something at them. He almost throws like, a drink at them, but there's nothing in there. I was like, oh, this could have really kicked off. It could have got really nasty. <laughs> nasty, this, Frank. It felt like a much worse version of um, Rio's World Cup wind-ups. Well, that's already setting a pretty low bar. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Rio's World Cup wind-ups. That's someone, someone was watching that thing and went, you know what? This would be great if it was televised. Well, and Rob, Rob, Lee's World Cup, Rob, Rob Lee's World Cup wind-ups. God, what a boring show that would be. <laughs> There's also one bit where he, um, where they pour water over, because everyone soaks everyone each. Yeah, like Everyone just pours water over. Of water, isn't he? Bashira mm. pulls buckets of water over people, and then he says he, they got him back. Um, we charged into his room later that morning as they were playing cards, and I emptied an entire waste paper basket of freezing water over Alan. But that's the bit afterwards that I find really concerning. He just sat there motionless on his bed, still holding a soaking wet hand of cards. For how long? Three months. He's still there now. Yeah, I <laughs> They have to build a match of the day studio around him. <laughs> See, that, all that bit about Shearer pouring buckets of water over the people when they're doing interviews, all I could imagine was, um, you know, when you know, in match of the day when Gary Lineker does those little post-match interviews <laughs> with the managers. Uh, with the managers and stuff. Shearer yeah. just running up like on match of the day, just soaking him for like, what are you doing? This is ridiculous. We're on TV. You think he's dull, but he's not. He's not a dull he's guy. Not, he's he's, not a, he's a, dull a fun guy. guy. He's a fun guy. He just got murked. <laughs> 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 he just got murked by Robert Lee. <laughs> and then we come to the end of the book. Come to the end of the book. There's a nice chapter in R1 Johnny actually at the end. He did dedicates it to a supporter called James uh, Ibister. I think his name Ibister. Yeah. Is. Yeah. Which is. I, yeah, I thought that bit was really um, nice and it was nice. wholesome, and it was really nice that he took the time to to talk us through this young man's he was very ill he he died at the age of 21 after having mm-hmm. a very rare condition but it was just you know a really nice really nice story and how he looked after the the, the young man's um i think they were his adoptive parents is that right yeah they were yeah uh, there was a bit where he talked about it which which made me laugh where he said he liked alice cooper and bon jovi gonna, and i'm yeah. surprised he didn't say Similar to what Stuart Pearce likes, he likes <laughs> sex, <laughs> sex pistols. What he does but say, no, I he's... think, is worse. He goes, he's like Bon Jovi, Sinead O'Connor, Alice Cooper. None were to my taste, but who cares? That's why he slags off his music taste. <laughs> not here to defend himself. <laughs> yeah. but, um, there were a few moments like that, not just in this chapter, but where he talked about, um, and this is just with the benefit of hindsight, he talked about Gary Speed quite touchingly. Mm. Obviously, it wasn't quite as touchingly um, at the time. He was just describing Gary Speed as a footballer, as a person. But in hindsight, it was just very nice to to read that Gary Speed was a well-loved uh, player when he was still alive. Uh, similar with Bobby Robson as well. He talks in mm. glowing terms about uh, Bobby Robson as well. And again, very nice. to And Gaza as well. He talks really nicely about Gaza, who's obviously had um, his troubles. Uh, yeah. But yeah, there were there were t- moments of touchiness. I don't think they were specifically written to be that touching. Uh, no, maybe but- it's just... 
Robley's inability to flower his language, which made them all the more uh, feel like they were a tribute to these people. But yeah, they were, they were just nice bits to read, and they, they didn't have that many exclamation marks in them, which was <laughs> a, a break. Yeah. Actually, I, when I searched Diego Gavlan earlier, one of the few things I found was him saying how much he loved Gary Speed as well. So there we go. He said he, said he was like a father to him. I looked up the age difference. It was 11 years. But uh, which isn't which isn't that much, but still very very nice, very very sweet. Um, I feel like this is the wrong time now to criticise the book. I feel like <laughs> we've reached the point in the show where we now go, uh, you know, your thoughts did change you the book and give it the score. Um, but you know, we got to be obje- we got to be objective here, guys. We got to you know see we can't just base it all on the last few seconds. What do we think of it, Johnny? Did it change your life? Uh, it changed my life in the fact that I now own two copies of Robert. One thing I've just noticed is in the front cover of this, it says that whoever previously sold it, sold it for 70p and I bought it for three pounds. That's a big <laughs> markup. Great markup. <laughs> yeah. Whoever I bought it from. It's, uh, wow. Yeah, it's a success story. They're flipping Rob Lee books. <laughs> yeah. But, um, it's a, it's an awful book. Um, I wish I'd never read it. Uh, <laughs> I wish I wish uh, Rob Lee was still just the the man who my parents forced me to have on the back of my football shirt <laughs> for purely economical reasons. Um, and they will they'll listen to this because they're very supportive, much like Rob Lee's dad. Um, so uh, yeah, Rob, Rob good, might listen as well. Job I didn't want. Yeah, you know, Rob, if you are listening, please stop hawking that awful energy drink with the man with the bad beard. It's not a reputable company, and um, you're basically in a pyramid scheme. Um, so <laughs> that's that's one for people to Google if they don't know the context of what I, I, I've just said. I, I, out of context, Rob Lee slash energy drink. That's great. Uh, Their Wikipedia page says that the legitimacy of the business is in question because it's impossible to find um, cans of that energy drink anywhere in the world. Um, and Rob Lee hooks on Twitter. So um, anyway, uh, it's a wow. crap book. <laughs> and it's, uh, Score out of 10. Drink. Score out of 10. Um, 37. 37 out of 10. Cool. That's gonna that's gonna make it the best best book we've ever done on the show. I think. Can I make that three point seven? Three point seven. Oh, that sorry. One? It was it was gonna be seven, and then I and then uh, Rude Hollett said I couldn't give it seven, so I gave it thirty-seven. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That was the context of the of the joke. <laughs> <laughs> James, score out of ten. Uh, two. That mm, is it. Yeah, bad. I, I'll give it a four. It was bad, but it's not like a bad. Well, it is bad. I, it's I, not like it's my camp. <laughs> yeah, we, how are we rating my camp out of time? Yeah, I think DJ Haman would be more upset if he got this for Christmas, actually. <laughs> I think in some ways. Uh, Jack, what are you going to give I'll give it a three. I'll split the difference. And Johnny, you're getting a 3.7. I'm going to round that to a four. Uh, so 13, is that right? So 3.25? 3.25? Yeah, that's pretty bad, actually. That is pretty bad. Sorry, Rob. He does seem like a good guy, though. Like we said at the end, seems like a nice guy. Just maybe not the most exciting footballing life, perhaps. Have a better life, this Rob. Is, he did have a... This is the problem. He did have an interesting footballing life. Yeah. There's like, lots that's, of what, that's what Jack said before we came on. Yeah, I, Charlton nearly went out of business and basically was saved by him being sold. He exactly. went to Newcastle in the best era of Newcastle since the 50s. Mm-hmm. He had a big falling out with one of the most famous footballers of the past 30, 50 years. Mm. And then he was managed by Dalglish, Keegan, Robson. He went for, to the World Cup with England. 
what was he doing? Just throwing <laughs> buckets of water over people. <laughs> Live there, in the moment, Robert. Live. There's actually a bit that that I think really sums it up that that whole thing where Gaza has been uh, like it's you know one of those famous moments in English football where Gaza uh, discovers he's not going to the World Cup mm-hmm. uh, and all the England players are being given appointments to to come in. Uh, and like they're you know everything's been delayed and they're like Gaz has smashed up the whole room and Lee's reaction is needless to say the uh, time appointments were well out of the window at this point <laughs> that's not the thing to focus on Rob yeah oh Rob oh Rob yeah he needs he needs the better editor to come in and get the real stories out anyway quiz this week you're named after the various nicknames Rob has given his teammates so Jack your pinhead cool aka Kieran Dara of course uh, Johnny your bats. Uh, can you remember who that was? Whose nickname that was? Uh, David Batty. Yeah. David Batty is correct. And James, you're our big balding Geordie, which is what Rob <laughs> calls Alan Shearer. <laughs> Terrible nickname. Um, question number one. Oh, so shout your name out if you know the answer. Your new name that I've given you. Uh, question number one. Which mythical creature was Rob's Sunday League team named after? Pinhead. Bats. Bod. Big balding oh, Jody. I was going to give you an option. A. Hermes. B. Pegasus. C. Medusa. Athletic. Which is it? Which is it? Uh <laughs> What were you, Jack? A uh, pinhead. Which were you, pinhead? Which answer are you going for, pinhead? Oh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I've confused already. <laughs> Too many words. Uh, Pegasus. Pegasus is correct. One point for Jack. I got. I got to get in quick. Kevin Day was on this, and he destroyed me, and it, did, it really, yes. it's actually affected my personality. That's, yeah, this, sorry, Johnny, this is like when a team gets thrashed and they've got to make the most up for it the next game. They're really cracked up for the next one. Jack's really <laughs> desperate to prove a point today. Uh, number two, name any of Rob's four reasons why he loves the Northeast. There's four points up Bass. to here. Yep. Uh, the parking's better than it is in London. Very <laughs> yeah, true. That was the parking's no problem. Yep. Anything else? I can't remember. That was the, that was the one that really Bats. Yep. It's good restaurants, is that one? Yeah, full of restaurants and clubs, oh I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Uh, 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 pinhead? Yep. Uh, people are friendly? Nope. Uh, uh, big ball cat- Jody. <laughs> Cat's eating again, I can hear. Uh, uh, yeah, yep, Big Ball and Geordie. Uh, he feels safe there. Uh, that's true. That is, well, that's another one. Feels safe. And the other one is plenty to do. Plenty to do <laughs> is the other one. Um, London notoriously. Uh, <laughs> nothing, nothing going on. Uh, number three. What was the food-based name players gave to the news that Keegan was about Bats. to drop you? Yep. Custard pie. <sighs> Custard pie oh, is God. correct. I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't have said I was up for it. I'm not yeah, up for you, it anymore. You got cocky. Yeah, you collapsed. Number four. Uh, back to Christmas parties. Which comedian did Rob Lee dress up as for the Christmas do oh, 1996? Um, a pinhead. Yep. Roy Chubby Brown. <laughs> is correct. Oh, God. Is correct. Wow, I, this, is, this is a real fight, it's the finish. So it's 3-2-1 at the moment, uh, with one last one point to play for. Oh, God, here we go. Question number five. Oh, closing in moment, this. <laughs> yeah. Well, question number five. Who is the most talented player Rob has played with? Bats. Oh, yep. Diego yep. <laughs> <laughs> You're out for the round. You're out for the round. Oh, no, you can, no. If you know it, if you know it, you can answer. You're all back. Who does Rob describe as the most talented player he's ever played with in his first 11? He picks. I'll give you a clue. Oh, Bats. Yep. David Ginola. David Ginola is correct. Johnny. Controversial to say the least, Rob. uh, Rob caveats it with. Yep. As he, and then you list about 50 other players who he says, it could have also been him. It could have been them. Could have been anyone. I was bored, yeah. (laughs) Um, It is time. Johnny, you've won uh, the most coveted prize of all, uh, Ken Zong. So, congratulations, Johnny. Uh, Ken is our friend who writes a football chant uh, for a player who's long since retired. Uh, what's he had recently, Jack? Can you remember? 
I have no memory. I'm sorry. <laughs> Brain's gone. What's he had? He had U.R. Steve Grizovic. This is coming out to Eurovision, isn't it? That was one that he had. Uh, this week, to the tune of <laughs> Papa Roach's Last Resort. <laughs> it's just going to take some uh, some energy on my behalf. Here we go. Cuts your attack to pieces. He's Callum Davenport. <laughs> Big and brazen. Ball stealing. Don't try to pass or he's intervening. <laughs> okay. I think it's the best one yet. <laughs> That's so can good. I just can I just make a point that Callum Davenport was stabbed in the I know. Device. I was gonna tell him I was gonna tell him this. I said I said, can we change it to um something about set pieces as opposed to cuts your attack to pieces? <laughs> You're right. He was. That's how I ended his career. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's okay. <laughs> I think you know the, the the song is too is too definitive. Yeah. You have to start with that. I should have told Ken that. That is a good point. He did <laughs> He did get standing like with a butter knife. Horrible. Anyway, that's all for this week's episode. <laughs> be back in a fortnight. If you can't wait two weeks, make sure you join the Football Book Club Club where you receive 20 minutes more. Chad, doing the plugs. We <laughs> to plug the show. <laughs> you receive 20 minutes more. Football Book Club every other Monday plus a Football Book Club book, 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 mark. Head to patreon.com forward slash Football Book Club. In the meantime, start laughing. <laughs> In the meantime, make sure you get in touch with us on Twitter at Footy Book Club, Instagram at Football Book Club, or on Facebook. Send us your thoughts, your author footballer puns, chant ideas, or if you've got a moment in time for us, Johnny, thank you so much for joining us today. Th- thank, thank you. you. It reminds me of being stabbed in the back by that <laughs> bastard rude hullet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, anything you want to plug at all? Uh, just uh, follow me on Twitter at Johnny Gabriel and. Um, then never uh, reply to any of my tweets because it gets on my nerves. Thank okay. you. Sure. <laughs> cool. That is good. To- oh, and also, um, I'm guessing two copies of Robley's book might be ending up in a um, charity shop in Bury some point soon, maybe. Uh, yeah. Or if you could follow my uh, Depop store, then there might be. I can auto- I can <laughs> autograph them. <laughs> nice. There we go. Any last words, anyone? <laughs> Sorry, I think I'm just. I'm just still. You're stuck on You're like a train. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Good. No. Go. So, so- Someone else should come up with the last word. No, it's all good. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Football Book Club. It featured James Bug, Jack Bernhardt, James Baldron, and Johnny Sharples. It was produced and created by James Bug. Thanks to Rob Lee for writing the book, but where are they all now? Well... Rob Lee went on to play for Derby, West Ham, Oldham and Wickham before retiring in 2006 and returning to his first love, working the turnstiles at the Valley. Alan Shearer finished his career at Newcastle and now presents on Match of the Day, although, according to Rob, he could have had his pick of any football show in Europe. Rude Hullet was sacked as Newcastle manager after losing the dressing room when he couldn't find a llama for Duncan Ferguson. Diego Gavilan retired in 2010 in his native Paraguay, although Rob Lee still tips him for a big future at Newcastle, and Noel's house party ended in March 2000, leaving an empty hole in the Newcastle team Saturday nights. The theme music heals behind is the work of Silent Partner and is using a Creative Commons 4.0 basis. We'll be back in a fortnight. Until then, see ya. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.